I pay taxes in the UK, but won't be going back for a long time. I've been away for, for almost a year now. Can I avoid paying taxes there? I'm self-employed. Okay, Matt, it, it depends on, the, on your situation. You know, it really, really depends on your situation. Normally in the UK tax resident, tax residence is triggered uh, by HMRC. Uh, his, no, we used to say Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Well, obviously now we need to say His Majesty's Revenue and Customs because of uh, the King. Okay. So residency in the UK will be triggered uh, in one of two ways by HMRC. It'll be, there's a statutory residence test, which is based on the number of days you spend on, on, on UK soil. So again, you can, it's super easy. Go to HMRC's website, do a search for statutory residence test, answer the questions. And it'll give you a guide as to whether you're caught in the UK tax net as a result of the statutory residence tax. And you can tell by the nature of those questions what what keeps you, if it is that you are tax resident in the UK, what keeps you there. And therefore, the threshold that you need to be conscious of when you're going back and forth from the UK, right? That's the first way. That's quantitative. That's relatively easy to get, right? The way, the other way is more qualitative and definitely more subjective. And that's the, the center of life. There's a center of life test, a center of vital interest test. Uh, but basically, it looks at a, a basic, it assesses whether you have a closer connection to any other country in the UK. So I don't know, Matt, you didn't say where you're living. Maybe you're living in Bali, or maybe you're living in Malaysia or Singapore, or maybe you're in Dubai. If it is that you have a closer connection to, I'm going to say Bali, if you have a closer connection to Bali, then you can argue that, hey, my center of vital interest is now Bali, not the UK. So HMRC, please leave me alone. So that, that is the one that you probably want to pay closer attention to. You didn't say, you know, what your relationship status is. Typically, if it is that you still have a home available for your use and the work around to that, obviously just rent it out. So if it is you have an empty house still in London available for your use, maybe you're married and, you know, your partner or kids or whatever are still in, in the UK, even though you're out of the UK for the entire year and therefore you would be non-resident according to the statutory residence test, you can fail and you can be tax resident just by virtue of your family still being in the UK or you have a home, uh, a place of habitual abode in, in the UK. So... Again, you want to look at the statutory residence test on HMRC's website, as well as have a conversation with a tax professional about that uh, center of vital interest and that closer connection test. And if it is you've been traveling around, as you hint in your email, then you may want to consider establishing uh, a bona fide, establishing bona fide residence in another jurisdiction. So, like if you're if it is you're in Bali. Maybe your Airbnb. Maybe you want to get a long-term rental contract. You might want to get some utilities in your in your name. You know, you know, something basically some utilities or rental contract things that show uh, a tax return if you're paying taxes to Indonesia. Something that demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt. Hey, HMRC, I am a bona fide resident of Indonesia or Malaysia, wherever it is. So therefore, please don't try to tax me back in the UK. So. Uh, that's essentially what you're looking for. And that's what you need to manage. You need to manage the statutory residence test and you need to manage that whole idea of the UK not being a center of vital interest. Matt, I hope that helps. Moving on, which EU countries are the most tax-friendly for self-employed or freelancers? Frank, we get to your question. Thank you for your patience, right? Um, okay, here's the deal, right? The, the Europe and tax efficiency are not normally found in the same sentence. I'm, I'm super serious now. By moving to Europe, you're making a decision like many of our clients do. 
I mean, I am exposed. I'm tax. I, I'm resident. I'm tax resident in four jurisdictions or five jurisdictions. Anyway, four. Four. I, I do four tax returns every year. One of them is it's a European country, and the reason why is that hey, I have made a decision that it's about quality of life. It's about quality of experience. It's not just about penny pinching. So therefore, I voluntarily, for my own strategic region, reasons, make allow myself to be tax exposed to to Europe and to the UK as as well. So it's not all about tax. But having said that, if it is that you were reliant on investment income or pension income only, uh, there may be more of a conversation to be had. But since you pointed out to, to us here that you are self-employed and you're a freelancer, that means that your income is earned income. It's not investment income. It's not pension income. It is earned income. That means uh, it's going to be pretty tricky. So generally speaking, the Northern European countries tend to be more aggressive or a, a, a higher tax than the Southern European countries, generally speaking. Uh, of course, there are exceptions. There always are exceptions, but generally speaking, many of the jurisdictions do have carve-outs. So for example, Ireland and the UK and Cyprus, they have resonant doms where, you know, Income that arises outside isn't tax. Income that arises in, you have flat taxes in Italy and Switzerland. Uh, you have a kind of variant uh, of of territorial, a wannabe territorial tax system with the Beckhamo in Spain or NHR in Portugal. Uh, and there are certain concessions for France and for Belgium that we've seen in Holland as well. Okay. But you are a freelancer. <laughs> so I think you may want to be looking at either the just purely from a tax perspective, obviously it's this quality of life. What weather are you into? Are you into winter sports? Do you want beach? You know, uh, yeah. what languages you prefer or what languages you're already fluent in, what languages you want to learn, family, friends, whatever, but purely from a tax perspective, you probably want to be looking at Spain and Portugal. So Portugal may be an attractive and interesting option to you. If you fall into the NHR, NHR has this, uh, special tax treatment of high value skills of highly skilled individuals. So they specify like people who enter like biochemistry or IT, certain IT professionals. Uh, you know, they, you can have a look at our website again, tax, do a search for NHR and we have it in Portuguese and English, like what the professions are and what the skills they're looking at. That'd be flat tax at 20%. But of course, yeah, that sounds attractive because Europe typically is a lot higher than 20%, obviously. Plus, Europe generally is worldwide income. So, so that is a, a, an interesting proposition, flat tax at 20%. But do bear in mind that you, it's unlikely, well, depending on whether you could, whether you'll have to, and chances are you would have to pay social charges. Social charges would add another, let's say, 21% to it. So, but that's what you're looking at. The other option, I don't know how you can structure your your earnings or, or whatever. You may want to look at uh, the Beckham Law in Spain if it's above a certain threshold because obviously you need to pay for the formation of the company and the company running expenses because the Beckham Law works to give you territorial tax treatment once you work for a Spanish company. So, so typically you work with lawyers. So I do live streams with Ricky, who's a, a tax advisory firm in Barcelona. And those those live streams are pretty popular. We normally get more questions than we can ever get through in, in a single hour. Or so it's like two, three hundred people, 
throwing questions at us, but we have fun. We love it. You can see a few of the, I mean, of the past episodes that we've done on our website or on YouTube. And, you know, they're, they're pretty engaging. But the point is we can run the numbers for you and see whether it makes sense economically for you to consider uh, the, the back and roll, depending on how you're structuring. I know that there are, so, so I'd say Spain and Portugal under the NHR, if it is that you're highly skilled according to their categorization, or maybe you, if it is that you're working and you're above a certain threshold, maybe the back and roll would fit for you. Uh, I know that there are advisors who may say, hey, form an LLC in the US and channel everything through that. Mm. Again, you know, as we were saying earlier on in this conversation, there's mind and management, right? So if there's no substance to that LLC, and when we have, because there've been recent court cases, and it's not just about looking at the outcome of the cases, but what was discussed and what were the merits that the, you know, the judges and questions had to, had to consider, right? So don't just look at the summary paragraph, but look at a bit of the discussion between. So you can not just look at the, the letter of the law, but the intent or the spirit of the law as well. I think that's always helpful. But those who would advocate that form an LLC, collect the money in the bank account outside, and then, then you should be free of tax. I think they're doing you a disservice. And if you get caught, it's going to be no world, it's going to be a world of hurt for you because if there's no substance in that, L in that, that company formed in a foreign jurisdiction, even if it is in the US, there's no substance there, you're not paying taxes there, then that definitely defeats the intent of the law as we discuss in our articles, right? So, uh, so yeah, you sit with an advisor, talk it through, there may be a way of structuring it to be more tax efficient, considering NHR, considering Beckham law, maybe it's one of the other jurisdictions, depending on the nature of your income and the structure of your affairs as they stand now. But that, those are those are the two that kind of pop into my mind uh, easily based on what you've shared with us this evening. So reach out to your preferred advisory team and take a deeper dive into it and see what could be done. But again, but one thing I caution is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, hope that helps. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.